and welcome to Found in Translation, a weekly-ish exploration of one fellow's translation of the Christian scriptures, one big idea at a time. I'm Brandon Rhodes, and across the internet for me is the translator himself, Brandon Johnson. Hi, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Good to see you this wonderful morning. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah. Uh, happy Epiphany is what I can say to you when this airs, because it's not actually that day yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not yet. Yeah, we're still in Advent as of this recording. Uh, So this is going to be our first uh, episode, really getting to dive into the fourth gospel uh, at a, and doing this experiment of talking about it one big idea at a time, instead of linearly working our way through the literature. And I am stoked for this first one. It is such a uh, fascinating twist that uh, uh, startled both of us, but we both immediately said, yep, I'm living with this now. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about John 1, 1 through 18 is what we're going to read, but specifically the language of uh, conversation is the key word here. So if you haven't had a chance to read Brandon's translation, for those of you watching, we're going to have it up here on the screen momentarily. And for those of you listening, this is a really short one so we're just going to read it out loud uh and but it's always good to read it for yourself let it soak in through multiple senses you know and uh also there's a huge footnote on this one uh is it maybe the biggest one you've written so far it might be it might be yeah in the beginning of your translation was the footnotes uh so please do hit pause (laughs) and read that Everybody, welcome back. Uh, Brandon, would you please read uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18 for us? And uh, folks listening or reading along, it, we're really emphasizing this word conversation. Here we go. In the beginning was the conversation, and the conversation was with God, and the conversation was God. It was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through it. Not even one thing came into being without it. What has come into being by it was life, and the life was humanity's light. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness did not overpower it. A person came into being, sent by God, who was named John. He came to tell what was happening, so he could tell about the light, so that everyone would trust it because of him. He was not the light himself, but he would tell about the light. The true light that shines on every person was coming to the whole world. It was throughout the world, and the whole world came into being through it, but the world did not recognize it. It came to its own people, but its own people did not accept it. But those who accepted it, but to those who accepted it, to those who have placed their trust in its name, it gave them the privilege of coming to be God's children. They were brought into being not from layers of blood or from bodily desire or from a man's aspiration, but from God. The conversation was embodied and set up a place to be present among us. And we saw its praiseworthiness, praiseworthiness as one of a kind from the Father, filled with generosity and trustworthiness. 
John tells people about him, having called out, this is whom I was talking about when I said, the one who comes after me has come to be ahead of me because he was first. We all received one instance of generosity after another because he was filled with generosity and trustworthiness. Since the Torah was given through Moses, generosity and trustworthiness have come to be through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one-of-a-kind God who is so close to the Father's chest. That one depicted God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Yeah, what a shift. So the usual translation there is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Um, why the change? Well, word has gotten to be such a technical term. And it means a couple of things in like the technical, there's like two different technical terms of word, right? It's mm -hmm. either talking about Jesus or the Bible. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, my, uh, my roommate in college had this running joke that he would talk about that he named his bed the word so that when people asked him what he was doing on, in the mornings, he could say that he was spending time in the word. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> That's such a Bible college joke. Uh-huh. So. And a Bible college way of getting out of doing something. Right, right. I'm not technically lying. Right. About being devout. <laughs> <laughs> you get into your 30s and you're like, oh, yeah, no, there's nothing... It's it's entirely holy and sacred to be like taking care of yourself and napping. It's okay. You don't need mm -hmm. to come up with some weird loophole bullshit. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it word means many words. Yeah. And so it's just kind of this opaque, like we think we know what it means or not, and try to like there's other ways to translate the word logos is is the Greek word there. Um, there's a lot of different ways to translate it. It doesn't just mean word. It can, but really what it means is the sense of uh, communication, really, which is one of the things that I thought about using here. Mm -hmm. um, the sense of expressing what I'm thinking so that you can also have that in your mind. Um, I, I spent a lot of time, Brandon, <laughs> thinking about how to translate this here and going back and forth with you and with my friend Aaron and trying things out and changing it and trying something else and changing it. Um, so yeah, discussion, conversation, expression of mind, which is accurate but weird to put in there um, indeed yeah so did that one didn't last long it's like, yeah uh yeah it would not stop like german scholars from doing that kind of thing right yeah uh, message yeah. message is is a common way to translate logos um so that could have worked in the beginning was the message that wouldn't have been that'll only confuse bad. people more with the Eugene Peterson translation. With Eugene Peterson. Yeah, in the beginning I mean, was Eugene Peterson. Right. No, but that's why he named his paraphrase the, the message, just because that's 
one of the translations for the word logos. And he used it for the word gospel, right? I don't. I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. I, could, I, could be. It's not my preferred. Yeah. Um, and then what brought me to land on this word conversation was uh, something that you brought to my attention uh, from a book that you you were reading. Uh, do you want to share what that was? Do you remember? Yeah. So it's this book uh, by Victoria Lors. It's a wonderful book, very well written, um, called Church of the Wild, How Nature Invites Us into the Sacred. And she writes, up until the fourth century, Boyle points out, theologians and bishops and translators consistently translated the word Greek word logos into Latin, a language of the church. And they translate it as sermo which means not word, but conversation. Sermo indicates not a one-way sermon, but a lively discourse, a dialogue, a manner of speaking back and forth, a conversation. A noun created from the root verb sero, which means to weave or join. Sermo is the intimate living of life together, living among familiarity, intimate conversation, the act of living with. Sermo was the Latin translation that best fits the meaning of logos. Unquote. Yeah. I so like dropped the book and just oh. like had the thousand yard stare of like <laughs> epiphany. It was sort of the everything everywhere all at once. Like all the lights were shining around me realizing yeah, yeah. the consequences of this. Yeah. Yeah, well, what what stood out to you as some of those consequences? Yeah, the like logos has always been, you know, fine. In the beginning was the word feels, it sounds kind of strange, but it's always been, yeah, kind of religious technical language. I really envy uh, and I'm grateful for the like parts of the um, religious formation that my wife being in the Roman church received around this of like a, a logos Christology and like all like they have a whole world of reflection on on this um but word oh also always felt to me one-sided um univocal uh it's it can feel a little bit like yeah it just feels one-sided mm -hmm. um it feels, yes, authoritative, but also possibly authoritarian. Like the mm -hmm. Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Um, you know, there's a whole um, tradition of Christian ethics that says what is good, it's whatever God says is good. Um, which I get where they're coming from, but it also has such a strongly, um, yeah, I guess authoritarian is only the right word for it, but it's not authoritarianism if it's God. Like that gets really messy and weird. And often authoritarian ways of describing the divine are used abusively and trickle down into really problematic ways used to justify human authoritarianism authority mm -hmm. and power structures. So the word word 
isn't a problem here, but you, it's e easy for me yeah. to holding it on the other side of conversation. Like is ultimate reality one word spoken to no one <laughs> mm. it, or, mm -hmm. or is there something within the divine life, within the locust furnace of all of creation and reality that is fundamentally mm -hmm. an exchange, a togetherness, a, com um, a conversation like that's way cooler than in the beginning was this sterile monad. Yeah. And it fits really well with like uh, Trinity, perichoresis, the sense yeah. of the, the fundamental reality of existence is relationship and exchange and sharing and reciprocity and conversation. Can you, can you explain for folks yeah. who don't know what the, uh, what perichoresis? Yeah, it's, it's one of the words in church history that has come, was used to describe kind of how we see the reality of what God is like in the Trinity specifically. So the, the three uh, persona, the three aspects of God. And it literally means like a circle dance. Um, it's the Greek word for a circle dance. So it's the mm -hmm. sense of that the three aspects of God dance around and within and through each other. Um, that then translates into humanity as the image of God is all about dancing together, being in relationship, yes. in conversation with each other. Yeah, we can only bear the image fully of the perichoretic God together. Mm -hmm. Like the circle dance is not just, <laughs> right. I am yeah. bearing it's not the a line image. Dance. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's like something bigger. Uh, th there's more in the same way, conversation versus word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And future and newness and uh, freshness emerges not from a, a, um, a monarch's declaration, but from collaboration, participation, exchange, mm -hmm. listening and responding. Right. Which is the opposite of the world, the, the world systems, the way of Caesar and pyramid games and yeah, where it's like, we need to know who's above and who's below my place on the pyramid. And the goal is to get as close to the top as you can and have everyone else be underneath you. Yeah. The conversation is flat. It's in the best way, right? It's, it's about being on the same level, being sharing yeah. experience as equals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everything came into experience. being through this conversation. Yeah. yeah. What has come into being by it was life and the life was humanity's light. So life, light, and conversation are the three metaphors that are going to be used pretty, are being used pretty generously here at the beginning of the fourth gospel, but it'll also, um, so it's kind of fun for me to look at, okay, yeah. so if the light that has come into the world, the true light that sh in verse nine that shines on every person comes into the whole world, uh, it was throughout the whole world and the whole world came into being through it, but the world did not recognize it. It's like 
reality could not handle a reality, a world, a, um, a human system aligned around power and hierarchy, um, difference crafted in opposite in, um, antagonism and submission cannot mm -hmm. handle uh, difference held in generative exchange. Um, difference that doesn't need to grasp at um, a power differential. Mm -hmm. like, but to those who accepted it, to those who see through this lens, who can see reality as coming yeah, from right. conversation. Right. And that's where the, the light metaphor comes in is helping you see it. Yes. Like Father Rohr says, like light isn't what we see. It's what helps us to see. Right. So when you begin to see yeah. the world through this lens, like, I mean, and we would say Christologically, we're seeing it through Jesus. If we see, if we understand Jesus through this lens of conversation, this metaphor, yeah, that. I can get pretty chirpy pretty quick. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it, it's really clear here. That's he was, John was not the light. Jesus came as yeah. the light to show us, to illuminate, to, to like, what is this conversation leading us toward? What is faithfulness to that conversation? How do we get to, life receive that life mm -hmm. um, that's it's all it's because the conversation was embodied and yeah. uh showed us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the whole rest of john is what did it show us and that's you caught on to an interesting pattern in John um, based on this insight of conversation. Could you elaborate on that? Um, I'm not sure which one you're referring to, but <laughs> I can say that this word shows up throughout. Yeah. Um, oh, it does. And yeah, Logos shows up a ton in ways that are traditionally not all translated as word. And so you don't necessarily know that it's the same word showing up. Um, it does show up like in Matthew, for instance, a handful of times, but not a lot. In John, it shows up a ton. Hmm. And so I continued to try to, when it worked, which was most of them, to either have conversation or sometimes I use discussion. So it's like, instead of Jesus presenting his word or his message, I talked. I talk about Jesus leading a discussion. Oh, that's awesome. Um, hosting a conversation, that, that kind of idea. Mm -hmm. Okay, so where I was going to go is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. it's like this. It, uh, it, it That tees it up really well. Um, the pattern in the synoptics, that is the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, is a lot of the stories are, or episodes are... Um, include us uh, a um 
terrible. Mm-hmm. There's like a healing or a contention and then a parable to like people like, oh, what the hell are you talking about, Jesus? Some kind and of he, teaching, yeah. And he tell well, and he tells a story. Mm-hmm. Um it'll be miracle mystery story, miracle mystery story. Um and there mm-hmm. there are extended teachings. There's like the um well, like the Sermon on the Mount, for example, or the Sermon on the Plain in Luke. But mm-hmm. in here in the fourth gospel, it's story after story of Jesus being in conversation with people. He's having this late night conversation with Nicodemus. Right. He's having this conversation with a woman at the well. He's getting into a back and forth with religious leaders several times later. And even the final scene is him going for a walk with two of his closest friends having a mm-hmm. conversation. There's right. not even a miracle that happens. Yeah. He doesn't like give some, I mean, he says some weird stuff, but he's, <laughs> he wouldn't be Jesus without that, but he's right. not like telling odd stories about like lost coins and monarchs, like inviting mm-hmm. odd people to the banquet. Like those are all really important, but here throughout the fourth gospel is the con- in the beginning was the conversation, but then the whole rest of it's a conversation too. Right. Yeah. Even the word was is translated in a Greek word that's in a tense that's this sense of ongoingness. It's not a moment in time. Ooh. It's in the beginning was the conversation. It was already a state of being. Like the beginning was a moment, but yeah. the conversation was already present when the beginning happened. And it doesn't that's it doesn't end. That was the the conversation continues. It's ongoing. So it's like the beginning happens in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The Bible is so friggin' weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. the base the base layer of reality of everything prior to all of this is a conversation mm-hmm. it's not the first thing that Magic. happened was a conversation it's the thing before the first thing was conversation right yeah Sermo. that exchange that communication that give and take back and forth of knowing each other yes getting to understand and experience what's in the other's mind and sharing what's in your own mind back and forth and no wonder the trajectory of that eternal exchange and conversation led to naturally more people getting in on the conversation like a and a genuine or like a a different sense of otherness in creation being part of the conversation and the conversation going down like bringing the mic down to the audience in a sense (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. like so creation emerges out of the love conversation the sacred circle dance um yeah it's like hey make room let the other people join yeah. the dance yeah add yeah pull some chairs to the table and bring a glass mm-hmm. 
man. Yeah, you pull on this thread and it really does um, have some fun implications and new questions for sure. I'm just like sitting here in silence. Like, I don't know what else to say. I'm, is this the end of yeah. our conversation for today? I mean, it might be, it, there's, it just touches on, I guess we're going to have like a whole season of conversations now about all these things that Jesus is showing us as the embodied conversation. Oh, that's good. Um, I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited. This is a, a wonderful start to see that um, anti-authoritarianism and togetherness and the open-endedness and vulnerability of exchange and conversation is woven into the very beginning. Like I think there's so much liberation and healing that can come from trusting and just seeing like test for yourself the truthfulness of this of this way of translating it and see how it holds in your own life and as you read the rest of the these sacred stories and sacred conversations well oh hell let me find the <laughs> where's my notes i don't know what to say to say goodbye i don't know how to say goodbye I got to teach him how to say goodbye. Uh, <laughs> done like a hundred of these episodes by now. I should learn this. Uh, hey, thanks everybody for joining the conversation. Uh, the easiest way to support this conversation is to leave us a rating or review on whatever app or player or website you've been joining this on a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe, a review. It all really helps, especially if you're using Apple podcasts, it makes it easier for more people to find the show and join the conversation. The second best way to support the show is to become a sponsor for just $5 a month. When you do that, you officially get to join the conversation with comment access on the Translations Google Doc and the satisfaction that you're supporting exceptionally nerdy independent media. You can find the link to join the conversation in the show notes. The music you're listening to is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Founding Translation was produced by Perry FM on unceded Chinook and Kalapuya land. Goodbye, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.